expanding the Nerdosphere, talking about everything you want to hear. From comics to cosplay, from the cinematic universe to fan films and everything in between. It's time to get down and nerdy. Here are your hosts, James Witham and Nick Pataglia. We're here. We're glad you're here for episode 63 of Down and Nerdy, where I can't help but wonder if the weather wizard ever feels under the weather. Really, dude? You're going to start off with a... Oh, my God. Hey, it's been a while. I had to bring it back. No, it hasn't been a while since you used a pun. I was going to call bullshit on that. In the beginning of the show. But, like, can we just start off on the right foot for once? Like, instead of starting off with a pun, because I bet you how many people probably tuned out, but it's like, oh, there he goes with his puns again. They love it, and you know it. They don't, do. They tell me on the streets. They're like, tell James to stop it with the puns. Because... On the streets, like you're, you know, Mr. Streets guy. Well, like, I, I walk in the streets like Denzel Washington training day, and people are telling me, like, that motherfucker with them needs to stop with those puns. Well, as we walk the streets, I'm James with them alongside. American one arm, Nick Battaglia, also okay. the hopeful one-day pun killer. Apparently he has street cred that we didn't know about. But uh, Well, you know, I mean, growing up in the, the, the tough streets of Syracuse, New York, you know, you, you, you know, you never know. Hey, when you've walked the mean streets of Derry, New Hampshire, you don't know. <laughs> you just don't even know. Until you've done that, you don't even know. You don't but even uh, know. I don't know about you, dude, but I still kind of feel... Like I'm recovering from Tidewater Comic-Con. <laughs> I know, right? It feels kind of like, when you think about it, like I'm kind of, you know, refreshed a little bit, but then it's like, this weekend I worked a lot, and plus it was just like, my parents came into town, and I'm just looking at them like, you know, Graham, we're thankful for everybody that's, all the new fans we have from Tidewater Comic-Con and so forth. Right. But I mean, yeah, it's just like, it's been, we needed a couple of days off, so that's when we kind of, t- kind of take off Sunday and, and Monday. Right, well, I mean, it was the Memorial Day weekend, and I had a, a couple of barbecues that, that I, the one we had here at the house, and we had another one that we went to at my family's house, and of course, we just want to take a second to, if you're, if you're a member of the military, thank you for your service, and anybody that's ever given the ultimate sacrifice to let us be, be nerds and do this podcast and have freedom, that's, we just can't thank them and their families enough for that. Exactly, exactly. So, I get, you know, I come from a military family, so again, thank you to all our servicemen and women who've served, who uh, continue to serve, who have served, their veterans, and of course those, like I said, and James said, who have given the ultimate sacrifice and, you know, help us, you know, do what we do each day. Um, Even if you're a service animal. I'm thinking the service animals, too. Yeah, service Why animals, not? too. Why not? But, so, like, we're kind of recovered from Taiwan Con, you know, it was a couple of weeks ago. But we got to talk about the fans, dude, because oh my God. last night we, we were looking at some numbers recently, and within one week, our download numbers were over 2,000. Yeah, and um, when we say over 2,000, we don't mean like 2,001 or 2002. No. no, it was significantly over 2,000 uh, streams and total downloads, and we can't thank you guys enough. For your overwhelming support, and I mean, I wish we could share these numbers with you publicly, but the service that we go through currently does not allow us to do that. Hopefully one day we'll be able to do that. So you can just see the amazing contributions that you guys are making to this show, and for every guest we get on this show, and for every topic that we get to bring to you, it's because of you guys to keep on downloading and streaming and listening to the show and sharing it that we're able to do this, so we appreciate that as well. We had one guy... Literally share all of our memes. From Every me. okay. meme. I don't remember your name, dude, but thank you for that. Thank because you. it was like it was like you know what? 
I don't want to show favoritism over one meme or another. I'm just going to share them all. Why yeah, not? Man. Yeah, man. And plus, well, plus you, you, I not going to lie, I did kind of be a little stalkerish to see, like, okay, how many like likes? Did he, and the principal was everyone yeah. that he shared got a like out of it. And it was, yeah. it was really, really fun. So, I mean, thanks to him and, you know, everybody's sharing our content out there because, like I said, we love doing this show each week. And, you know, don't forget you can support us on Amazon as well, James. Yes, we do have our own Amazon store. If you go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash down and nerdy, you'll see a little shop now button that's next to the to the like link. So you click on that, it'll send you to our Amazon store. We'll be getting revamped uh, as the weeks go on. I'm going to kind of break it down. We're going to redo it a little bit, uh, make it a little bit uh, easier for you to get specific stuff that you're looking for. I mean, it's, it's great for video game shirts, you know, digital downloads and stuff of shows and movies and stuff that you, that you would want to get are also going to be there and all the new releases. It's powered by Amazon. So, you know, it's safe. You don't have to worry about, Hey, these guys, you know, what kind of firewalls are they running? No, don't worry about that. We've got you covered. It's all powered by Amazon. If you're already an Amazon prime member, that counts too. Exactly. So, you know, you click our link, go to our store, you buy it from us, we get a bit of a kickback from what you you buy. Uh, Bob from Fantasy Escape, Comics and Cards, he bought a Batman shirt from us, which is yep. really, really awesome, so thanks to Bob for that. But we have an action-packed show this week, James. Yep, and we've got a very special main topic. Not going to let the cat out of the bag, though. No. Just not going to do it. we got a very special main topic coming up. All kinds of nerd news that, you know, we've kind of we kind of glossed over the nerd news the last couple of weeks because of Tidewater Comic Con. And, of course, our big nerd TV review last week, which thank you for the great response from that as well. So we've definitely got a boatload of nerd news that we've got to catch up on this week. Yep, but as always, coming up next is what we're reading, so stay tuned. Two new comics, what did James and I read this week, and what are our takes? Well, stay tuned. More Down Nerdy coming up next. Hi, this is Bob Lee, Fantasy Escape Comics Card, Virginia Beach, and you are listening to the Down and Nerdy Podcast. Okay, nerds, it's time to get out those long boxes because it's time to talk about what we're reading. And I think that uh, I will give myself the privilege of going first this week because I went back to the indie realm, Nick. Yes. And still the 10th anniversary of Boom Studios and uh, one of their imprints, Archaea. Thanks for making that hard, guys. <laughs> and uh, I went and I did a book that I actually saw in the preview book that you and I were looking through. Uh, it's called Lantern City. Yeah, And it's actually created by uh, Trevor Crafts with also co-creators Matthew Daly and Bruce Boxlitner. And it was written by Paul Jenkins and Matthew Daly, who was one of the co-creators. Uh, the illustrations, which means colors and inks, were actually done by Carlos Mango. And, co- and actually more colors were done by Chris Blythe. So here's the thing. Now, you kind of messed up on the name. I wouldn't be surprised if Boom Studios, because we, we do have people over at Boom who do listen to us and like us. If they listen to this right here and they'd make a variant cover where the uh, the main title is written out phonetically. Yeah, I think that would be great. I think more people should start doing that. I think it's actually Archaea. That's okay. what I think it is. But you know me in names, so we're not going to even try. Yeah. Um, no, the book really just struck me as interesting because the art looks really detailed. I mean, we're talking like video game quality art almost, especially on the cover. Wow. So, I mean, it's it's very well done. So, for Carlos Mango, who did a lot of the work on this, and even the colors by Chris Blythe, well done, gentlemen. And it actually centers around a character named Sander and his family. Now, this is kind of a cross. It's like Hunger Games meets Divergent meets Demolition Man. So, pretty much, you have 
tween writing or tween novels well, mixed with dude bro. But the writing is not teen-ish, so that's that's the good news. It's actually kind of hardcore. Um, basically, it, there's certain class systems, and they these people are working in a city under the city. So there, there's certain classes that are only allowed to go to the quote-unquote, they say this many times in the book, the city that we all love. If you're not in a certain class, you're not allowed to live in the city above. So a lot of the people are like, well, there's no sense in looking above because we'll never reach that plateau. It reminds you a lot about Elysium. So, I mean, just listen to this because it's like you have this kind of place in the sky where all the rich people live. There are the- similarities there too, yeah. Yeah, and there's a and there's a supreme leader guy named Gray, and there's post there's propaganda posters all over the underworld city saying support Gray. Now basically, you're not allowed to breathe without the say so of these guards, and they make sure that you are on your like one guy uh, sings along while he's working. Yeah, they beat the shit out of him for it, and the if your whatever your partner does is also your fault, so they beat the shit out of the Sander guy too. Not only do they do that, but they cut dudes' rations for his family, for food and stuff. Everybody gets rationed out a certain amount of things for their family. They cut his rations for it, too, and this guy didn't do anything wrong. Dude, that's such a dick move. Like, I, not like, got, like, damn them for being joyous and singing and everything else. Yeah, you know? it's, this, this book was full of dick moves by those that are in charge. Yeah. Um, but there's another guy named Kendall, and he's kind of like one of the higher ups in the underrealm type thing. And just like any other tyrannical society, there is a revolution brewing, and they're trying to get Sander involved in this revolution. He's like, you know, I've rocked the boat enough. I can't risk my family. How can you ask me to risk my family? Yada 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 kind of thing. Well, there's evidently there's a rally, and what happens when there's a rally in these situations? Crosses are burned. Bad things happen, and the powers that be end up finding out. So I don't want to give away too much for uh, anybody that wants to pick this book up. Uh, there is a confrontation. Something bad happens. It's a game changer that it's like once this happens, there's no turning back. Okay. So it leads to where the rest of the series is going to kind of go and how they're going to try and bring down the the greys that are at the top in the upper level city and try and, you know, bring it back for the regular people. Um, the story still intrigues me. It didn't intrigue me as much as I thought it would. I was kind of all in. I actually added this to my poll immediately before even looking at issue number one, because this mm-hmm. story sounded so interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't captivate me like I thought it did, but it definitely still is an interesting story. It wasn't, I, maybe I, I built it up too much. Yeah. And um, so I still like the story. The art, though, was worth the price of admission. The art is fantastic. So I would say pick this up. The art is really good. So pick it up for that and see what you think of the story. I'd like to get more opinions on Facebook.com slash Down and Nerd. It's Lantern City from Boom Studios. Issue 1 still out right now. Issue 2 going to be out in a couple weeks. Yeah, so you kind of had that, that impulse Put it in my poll, kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it sounded just so interesting. Like, well, well, like I did last week with Mad Max. Yeah, and and the art, and you kind of got a little preview of the art in the preview book. You know how they do that sometimes. Yeah. And I'm looking at this art, and I'm going, "Wow, this is really next level. Way to go, Boom Studios!" So I was very intrigued by that alone. And you know, how many times have we said that good art can make up for a bad story? And this is not a bad story. It's just not as 
you know, it's not that I thought that this book might be one of those game changers for Boom. You know what I mean? Right. And it's and it's, I'm not saying it still can't be because I still think that you know you give it three issues to for the story to really ramp up. Yeah. So it could still get to that level, but I wasn't knocking myself over to read the rest of this once I started, like I thought it was going to be. Well, one of the things, too, is it's very dangerous territory with this type of story because we've seen it many, many times right. where, you know, like you said, it's borrowing from the divergent kind of Hunger Games-esque tone of the government's evil and there is this, you know, city of oppressed people, you know, all the one percenters up there. And I'm kind of, I'm not going to lie, I'm kind of myself, Kind of like with zombies, I'm getting burned out by this 1% versus 99% story arcs. Yeah, yeah. I'm and, getting very burned out by it. Like, we get it. We we totally get it. I'm not going to lie, dude, because I know you haven't seen the Fifty Shades of Grey movie, but if you look at the poster for this gray guy that they're talking about, it actually looks like James Dornan from Fifty Shades of Grey. Not, okay. like, not like spot on, but it looks enough like him where it's like, yeah, you said gray, then you made him look like that. Okay. <laughs> I could give less of a shit, but I mean, I'm just saying. Oh, I know, it's, I it's know. It's a weird coincidence. I know, but <laughs> you think about it, like you got President Snow in Hunger Games. You got this gray character in this comic. Like, can there be like a leader that has some sort of like a happy name or a colorful name at least? What do you want him to be called, President Fuzzy Pants or something like that? That would be actually kind of fucked up and hilarious at the same time. <laughs> what was the name of the lead of the leader in Wreck It Ralph? Do you remember? Um, Remember that the the guy that led all the yeah, races, King yeah. Candy. King there Candy. it is. There you I'm go. King Candy. You could have a King Candy. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Hell okay. yeah, man. But yep. I mean, yeah. So, so you said this is this is like a poll. This is kind of. I, I, I would pick it up. It's already right. in my poll, so I'm definitely going to give it the three issues I normally give it. I would I would say pick it up just for the art alone, and then let me know what you think of the story because I'm I'm curious to get more opinions on it. All right, well, so it's my turn. Before I go into what I'm diving into this week, of course, we want to mention that this segment of the show, of course, is brought to you by Fantascape Comics and Cards, Virginia Beach. Go see Bob and all the great shirts and art and comics he has. Now, I went back to my Marvel route, James, because I got these two comics in the mail the other day, and I got them from SuperheroStuff.com. Now, yeah, he I, got these for free, by the way, so don't yeah. kill him for getting comics through the mail. Yeah. Uh, the cool thing about this company is that when you buy stuff, they give you free comic, like a comic book in your in the box. So, you know, I ordered my Green Lantern stuff through them. And what's cool is they gave me two comics. One was Excalibur number two. The other one, which really caught my eye, Ultimate Vision number one from Marvel. Interesting. And I, you look at the Vision in Age of Ultron, I'm not going to talk about Age of Ultron, but Vision is one of those characters where, grand, yeah, I think he's going to be in the new, all different, all new Avengers and stuff like that, from what it looks like. I would love to see Vision get his own comic. I would really, really love that. Now, it's surprising that they haven't already, because it seems like they've given everybody else their own book right. at Marvel, and Vision's obviously been very popular post-Age of Ultron. Why not do that? Right, and of course, this is Ultimate Vision number one, and this release date was from February of twenty of two thousand seven, and it's number one of a five issue series. Now, it was written by Mike Carey, and the art's done by Brandon Peterson, and the art is phenomenal. It's very detailed, very very good. Um, I will tell you this though, it is in the Ultimate Universe, so things are a tad bit different. For example, Vision is now a woman. Interesting. Here's the thing: is that People are, you know, people are probably going to get at me like, well, why are you making such a big deal about Thor being a woman and Vision, and not about Vision being a woman? Because, as it's shown in the comic, Vision 
is now wearing, they say, well, he's now a woman slash, but they really say in the comic he's wearing a body matrix of a female. Not only that, but again, alternate universe. Yeah. That's the key thing right there, alternate universe. Yeah. And so some background on the Vision. Now, the Vision in this series crashed on Earth 100 years ago. And he was found and recovered by Sam Wilson, who we know as Falcon, right. and also S.H.I.E.L.D. as well. And the weird thing about this in the beginning is that it had a very Deus Ex or Ex Machina, or whatever you want to call it, uh, vibe in the beginning, where yeah. Wilson kind of has little bit of maybe a crush on Vision. So we've got sexy robot stuff going on? Well, not sexy robot stuff in the beginning, but it's kind of like where Vision ha- ha- has this thing like where she's like, I must go off. And, you know, she has, she's like, she has this ultimate mission she has to do. She said, I must go off and, you know, do this mission. And Wilson pretty much says at the end, I always fall for the wrong girls. And I'm like, okay. All right. That way to make it awkward. And now you wonder what the mission is. The mission is Galactus has attacked Earth. And pretty much Vision's mission, even though they haven't really given to what the full extent is, you can kind of tell it's to get rid of and exterminate Galactus. Now, remember why I said at the beginning, things are different in the Ultimate Universe. Galactus is not his Mr. Cloud slash big humongous dude with the helmet in this book. Okay. You know the machines from the Matrix? Yes. He's one of those. All right. <laughs> I like how you say that. You kind of like not uh, expand upon that, sir. Because you interesting kind of, choice. Okay, because the way you said it was like okay, he's kind of sitting back to like okay, I don't know how this is going to go, but that's exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah. Absolutely. So pretty much vision, and the one thing that this book does, at least the first issue does, explains vision's powers really really well for somebody who doesn't know a lot about vision where okay you know how the vision can go through walls and stuff well it talks about or the vision through narration talks about how she can go through walls and how her body can you know replicate the mass of a certain object they can go through it and be transparent and everything else now she meets this doctor who pings her pretty much that's why she gets this this whole notion of i must go here and you know this whole beacon has happened and He's so many of this kind of scientist kind of a thing. And here's where one of the trap falls in this comic is, is one of the issues of it, is that though the vision is all-knowing and all-seeing, somehow she doesn't see this, you know, Dr. Tarleton's endgame and just pretty much goes with his plans for no other reason than him saying, oh, trust me, it'll benefit humanity if you do this. <laughs> so it's like, sure, I'll get in that van with all the candy. Why not? Yeah, and it's just like, I'm not going to ru- ruin the surprise in the comic, uh, because it is a big kind of spoiler of what they kind of want to do. However, I will say this, the ending did have me going, whoa, like okay. how, like how they're going to go and, and do the rest of the series. Uh, but like I said, the, pre- the, the, the big pitfall is, of course, Vision, you have this character who is all-knowing, but yet can't see the plot of this guy's means you know what i'm saying right, it's like yeah. you know of course you know you know it's one of these guys where like you feel his intentions are good but at the end it's like hell he's not such a good guy after so, all. so with the vision not so much yeah is what you're saying yeah. for someone so for someone named the vision, vision. There's, there's some lacking vision of the for, future for, for someone who is pretty much like this for someone who's named the vision you give them the eyesight of matt murdoch yeah well done Yes, or the well foresight, done. I should say, of Matt Murdock. But I think that 
when you look at this, for me, even though it's only five issues, that's, I think, the biggest thing of it. It's only five issues, and the fact that it's from 2007, you could probably go to a comic book shop and maybe see the dollar bins or pay a couple bucks for it, get yeah, the rest of the issues. Uh, it's a buy for me because the ending, I think, salvages. Yes, you do have this problem where the Vision can't see what's going on to happen to her and you know, a few panels down the line. However, what happens to her in the end, you want to pick up the rest of this book because you want to see how there's no way that they're going to be able to you know, bring this forward after what happens to her in this. Uh, so for me, it's a, it's a buy. It's a total, total buy for me. All right, so you've got Ultimate Vision number one that was a buy for you, and we've yep. got Lantern City from Boom Studios that was a pickup for me. So I, I think we did okay this week. Yep, I think we really did. So those are the two comics that we read. We're going to set up Lady Vision on MachineMatch.com. And coming up next, we've got This Week in Geek Tame and another special one right here on Down and Nerdy. Hey, this is comic book writer Ron Mars. You are listening to the Down and Dirty Podcast. Well, let's get out those recycling bins, plant some trees, and just save the environment, people, because it's This Week in Geek Tame and... Last week, James had fun at my expense when I had to review the Big Bang Theory, so now I kind of got my revenge a little bit. Well, he more than likely volunteered to fall on his sword, and by doing so, he has to review Captain Planet this week, and not just any episode, the pilot episode, season one, episode one. James, the floor is yours. You know, I might have thrown you a curveball, because I gotta say that as I started watching it, I kind of started to turn around. Really? Bazinga. Ah, oh, you bastard. Ha ha ha. Yeah, it's... Uh, I'm not feeling very good today, so... Got a cold thanks to the damn environmental things that Captain Planet has released into the air. Or it could be, it could be that, or it could be the fact that... Well, I mean, your kid's sick, too, but he got sick after you got sick. Yeah, so. I gave it to him because I'm a terrible parent. Yes. But, uh, okay, so let's just dive right in, shall we? All right. So we know that this is a show that basically tries to uh, shape young minds to the liberal agenda of uh, <laughs> oh, shit. of uh, keeping a clean, uh, clean environment. But, no, it, seriously, it starts out with the spirit of the earth, who's played by Whoopi Goldberg. And her name's Gaia. So she's pretty much, she's, yeah, she's pretty much like Mother Earth and stuff like that. So apparently she decided to take herself a little nap. Yep. And when she woke up, by the way, a thousand years later, thanks for that. I can't nap for 20 minutes. And she's sleeping for a thousand years. She's like, well, oh, let's see. And then she turns on the magical flat screen on her wall or whatever the hell that thing is. And she's like, oh, well, let's see what everybody's been up to. And they well, show deforestation and and drilling and all kinds of pollution and stuff like that so she decides that she needs a little help well again you did decide each wife's pregnant hence why you're not sleeping for a thousand years so that's true so the spirit of the earth has decided to go out and find a bunch of children from all over the world the stereotypical names to help her out in her quest Whoa, to defeat whoa. the planet. Okay, I will stereotypical names. Really, Kwame? Like, there's nobody in America named Kwame. There, the really? dudes from Africa named Kwame. So it's not what? like there's people in Africa named Steve. So they had to go with Kwame, really. And what was the Asian kid's name? Jin or something like that? Yeah, that's not stereotypical at all. And what was the kid from Brooklyn's name? Was it Vinny or something? Oh, it was Wheelie, I think. Oh, Wheelie, even better. So let's go with a wheelie. So she finds these kids with stereotypical names, magically teleports them to her little living room there. They're not freaked out about this at all, by the way. 
Uh, and they all have a- and they all have their little accents from the little areas of the world that they're in. So she basically says, "I bestow these rings on you to help save the environment and save the earth." Okay, so they go and test out their little rings, and you know, bad things happen because they don't know what they're doing, except for the kid that his power is heart. Yes. Ah, <sighs> how important is that? I mean, so apparently, well, apparently, it's the most important power. Well, apparently having heart means having mind control. Yeah, you can get in much. everybody's heads. And so it's like a, it's some like, it's like a rough marriage. It's like Xavier, except he was South American and could walk. It's just, re- it was really bizarre. Now, here's my thing. You know, some of the other powers were earth. You know, you manipulate the earth and wind and water. Well, the American kid's power is fire. Yes. I fail to see how fire is a useful tool in saving the environment. That's kind of true. I'm not going to lie. I, I mean... I, I was actually... No, because I was watching it last night because I kind of wanted to prepare for uh, today, for the show. And, yeah, I, I'm thinking like all the scenarios in my head. Like, how is fire a... I know it's an element, so they probably want to go with all the elements. But like, how, like, what could you do to, like, like maybe... Hey. And people are like, oh, what about an avalanche? Yes, and you have tons of water rushing down and drowning. Yeah, then you've got a friggin' tidal wave. So how does that do anything? All I know is Smokey the Bear watched Captain Planet Pilot episode, and he threw up his hands and said, what the fuck? (laughs) I mean, come on. This kid, and, and he keeps lighting stuff on fire. And by the way, the American kid is the only asshole in the group. Everybody else is like, yeah, let's go save the planet. And this kid's like, we're not getting paid. Why should we do this? Well, I mean, we kind of do have a brashness here in America. Yeah, but he was, he was stupid. He was, and he was the only one. You can't tell me there's no stupid people in Asia. I'm just let that lie. Exactly. There's (laughs) stupid people all over the planet. Why only the American kid had to be the stupid one. I have no idea. And by the way, the, uh, the villain, quote unquote, name is Greedley, who's clearly this Texas oil guy. I'm gonna drill and I'm gonna make so much money because money is the only thing that matters, kind of thing. Well, yeah, I mean, technically, he kind of does. And he's got these, you know, vampire teeth and stuff like that because you know. Well, he's a hog. He's like he's hoggish Greedley, so of course he's got like some pig traits. Because we all know how ma- how much vampire teeth pigs have. So that have was, you ever that been, was bit- have you ever been bitten by a pig? Watch Jackass. I don't. I know being bitten by a pig probably wouldn't be good, but I don't think they have vampire chompers either. Oh, so way, what was your take on when when you when you first see the opening of the episode? You see like this kind of take on ATAT walk out. Yeah, I, I thought that was an interesting choice because I'm like, okay, yeah, that's that's a realistic thing to have happen. So it's, it's a like, cartoon for fuck's sake, dude. It's a cartoon. Oh, no, this is serious business now. Remember, we're saving the planet. Let's not lose sight of that. But it's still a superhero. It, like, comes from the elements and everything else. And he has green hair. And Don Cheadle played him. So, so here's the deal, though. funnier die. Here's the deal. They say when your powers are not enough, the spirit of the earth says when your powers are not enough, you combine your powers and something will happen. She doesn't tell them what it is. She keeps it a secret. Why does it have to be a secret? I don't understand what the big secret is. So eventually they have to do this because they can't defeat Mr. Greedley on their own. So the powers combine and here comes Captain Planet who forms from all the rings. And yes, all of a sudden they know his theme song and go planet because that's what happens on television. Everybody seems to know the words to the songs and all the and all the chants and stuff like that. And never really understood that. But anyway, so Captain Planet goes after Mr. Greedley there. 
Yeah. Who grabs him in the giant Voltron slash Edad thing and starts hitting him with the drill on the chest, which does nothing. Now I get it. He's a superhero. I understand. Quote unquote superhero, that is. So here's the deal, though. What does work to disable Captain Planet is he shoots some toxic waste at him. There you go. So now you know what his actual weakness is, you son I of a bitch. I am stocking up right now. I am, I am being as disgusting as <laughs> You're possible. So I love it. I'm now, being now, as disgusting well, as well, I can right now. For people who don't know, James was watching this last night, and he was just te- he was just texting me stuff as he was watching the because we were pretty much watching it at the same time, and I was just like, I was laughing so hard. I know how much it was pissing you off because. I mean, a you are kind of a you are a conservative to a, to a mostly a certain extent. Not like really bad. Not really bad. The, but, the liberal agenda thing was a joke, people. So but, just don't get on my case for that. But like then, I, then one night we were we were doing notes kind of before you watched it, and I said, take a guess on you know who created him, and take a guess on who like what some of the voices were, and you said you took some guesses, and then Ted Turner created Captain Planet. And, yeah. Guess well, what, Ted Turner? Screw you. By and, the way. And, and I'm glad that you have to sell Time Warner Cable to Charter Communications because your business models have been failing since you lost the Monday Night Wars and wrestling. You have not been able to have a successful business since. Screw you. Take Captain Planet. <laughs> go enjoy the movie when it gets made with your wife Jane Fonda and have fun sipping Mai Tais on a Florida beach and remembering how good life used to be when you were actually a successful human being. Oh, so anyways, and then I said, okay, we'll get to some of the people who like the voices of some of the villains were and everything else. And pretty much, if you were in Hollywood and you were a star for the most part in the 90s, like an up-and-coming star, like Fred Savage was a voice, Jeff Goldblum. Martin Sheen was on there once. Martin, Martin Sheen, of course, you mentioned Whoopi Goldberg. You know, and there were like, pretty much a plethora of like 90s stars were part of this. And this show, when I told James that this show pretty much – ran for six seasons, which I believe was like 161 episodes total, his jaw dropped to the fucking floor, and he was like, how? What I think's funny is, is once they wash the goop off Captain Planet, and he, you know, comes up, and he eventually, you know, defeats Greedley or whatever, he escapes through a, basically a pipeline that had pollution leaking out of it earlier in the episode. They didn't think to check that. Captain Planet, you know, he, he puts all the crude oil that's spilled back where it's supposed to go, and they clean up all the all the little wildlife, which was great, and, you know, it's a good lesson, whatever. They don't think to check the one pollution pipe that they didn't do anything with to check for this guy when he gets away. Well, it's the first episode. I mean, you know, he is a recurring character, so he does kind of have to get away. I'm not saying you have to capture him forever. I'm just saying... That was leaking, too, and they didn't plug that up. So, you know, way to half-ass your job there, Captain Planet. You got it. You didn't get everything because that pipeline was still dripping last time I saw it. <laughs> so, my, uh, to sum up, <laughs> stay away from Captain Planet. Oh. And here's the thing. I don't need a show that runs six seasons to teach my child not to throw trash on the ground. By the way, what was your what was your take? I gotta get your take. I know it's a cartoon. When he throws that that pipe in the trash can and the trash can doesn't break. 
Yeah, what was that about? And and how and how a, a boulder, a small boulder, is is able to keep the foot from stomping Captain Planet? Well, for a limited time, it did get crushed. It's a giant machine, though, it should have crushed that boulder like it was nothing. But I know it's a cartoon. We're not going to take it that seriously. But I will say, to sum up, Captain Planet is a steaming pile of crap, which is good because steaming piles of crap are biodegradable and good for the environment. <laughs> so, you, okay, so before we move on, what was your take on, because you, know, you watched it through the entire thing, like, when it gives your the environmental tips for afterwards, like, what was your... your Stop your that? parents from driving too much so the emissions from their car don't get... Really? Really? So let's walk everywhere. That won't make... That, no, make they say walk better. everywhere. They said, you know... If you've got a group of people going to the same place, just carpool. If you got, you know... If, okay, uh, here's the deal. For anybody who's ever carpooled, it sucks. It sucks. <laughs> You're trapped in a car, sometimes with sick people. Like, nobody's going to want to carpool with me right now because I have a cold. If I was in a carpool, the person driving the carpool would be pissed. Yeah. Because they'd be like, well, now everybody in the car is going to get sick. And it's not good for workplaces either because one person infects four other people. Suddenly, you're working with a short staff. I'm just saying. Carpooling sucks. Plus, you've always got that one annoying guy that either won't shut his mouth or keeps it on that really annoying radio station instead of listening to the Down and Nerdy podcast on your way to work or on your way to Bob's at Fantasy Escape Comics and Cards in Virginia Beach. Something like that. I don't know. I just, I've carpooled before. It sucks. I really hope, I really do hope that there's like, that there is a Captain Planet comic that comes out like a a rebirth in a sense. Because I'm going to literally buy that for you and we'll tell Bob that we're fans to put it in your poll. I need a, I need Don Cheadle to come give me a hug. <laughs> so do you, do you want to close this out, Pony Boy? I need, I need a hug from Rody. Do, do, do you want to close out this, this geek tame segment? Yeah, Pony? that's it for the steaming pile of crap that is known as Captain Planet. But we've got a lot better stuff coming up. It's nerd news next on Down and Nerdy. Hey, this is comic book artist Matt Slay, and you're listening to the Down and Nerdy Podcast. Well, it's that time, boys and girls. I believe James got all that pollution out of his system because it's time to move on to what, James? Nerd News! And uh, this week, James, we had a bunch of news. Actually, we're going to start off with some casting announcements really quick. Chris Pine is in talks to play Steve Trevor, who is Wonder Woman's love interest in Wonder Woman. Perfect choice. Well done. And Tilda Swinton is in talks to play the Ancient One, who is Doctor Strange's mentor in Doctor Strange. Which is funny because I, I don't mind it. I actually think that that's the whole best person with the job thing yeah. that we've mentioned before. But it seems like the outrage seems to be that they're casting a woman in that role. And yeah. not that the Ancient One's supposed to be an Asian guy. And they yeah. picked a Brit. She's British, right? Yeah, she's British. But they're saying like they might make like European in a sense. They might make the Ancient One. It's, it's just funny that the outrage is over the gender. Yeah. I just think that that's, that's weird. It's, I don't think there should be any outrage at all. Well, no. And, and quickly, we're not going to dwell on this, but quickly, you know, after reading some stories about this, Marvel did did say that they did do an extensive search for a male lead, or not a male lead, but a male actor to portray the Ancient One role, and they just couldn't find anybody. Yeah. And you got to remember, you got to remember, this movie comes out in less, almost, almost a little bit more than a year. It comes out in 2016, uh, next fall. Yeah. So... You they shouldn't even like, have to do that, though. They should just cast who, who they want to cast and do right. the best person for the job. That's all that really matters. And I know that Tilda Swinton is going to is gonna do a great job. Oh, she's going to knock it out of the park. And if by the know. way, Ancient One is the mentor for yeah. Doctor Strange after he gets in the accident, for those who are not familiar. 
Yes, and so I mean that's our cash news. But let's go to the biggest news, which pretty much broke last oh, week, yeah. and it's the Supergirl leak. And now the pilot series. And this is why I I have some. I'm not a big believer that it was leaked. The pilot was leaked to a variety of torrent sites in 1080p format. Yeah, with no watermark, by the with, way. Yeah, with no watermark. And now, mind you, we know some people who have seen it. I'm not going to mention who, but here's the thing. They have said it, that there's no watermark, that it's a 1080p. And here's the thing. you got to remember this, too. The Flash pilot leaked six months before yes. it was actually going to be out. Constantine leaked, too, did it not? I believe so. I'm pretty sure it did. Correct us if we're wrong on that. And here's the thing. It's just... I don't believe, I don't think it was a leak. I think CBS did this on purpose, and here's why. It's six months prior, which is, like I said, was the same thing as The Flash. It's a DC property, too. You got to remember that as well. Also, they were getting a lot of backlash from the trailer from a lot of people, from, like, dude bros and everything else. So here's the thing. And then they put it out there, allegedly. I'm saying allegedly they put it out there. And they quickly got taken down. And how, my question is, okay, got into YouTube and everything else. But like I said, the two things that stick out to me is the 1080p and is the watermark thing. And also, remember, remember this. Remember how Marvel said that they were going to track down the son of a bitch who yep. released the and leaked the Ultron trailer. Ultron trailer internally? They released it. We didn't hear anything about how they found anybody, did they? Nope. We haven't found any. Okay, so since this thing has been leaked, we haven't heard anything about CBS taking action, have we? Well, here's the deal. What's the point? You're going to be able to watch yeah. it for free anyway when it comes out. It's, you're going to watch it no matter what. But here's the thing, though, and, and this is what I think that, that a lot of channels should do, is literally put on Twitter or social media and say, hey, Supergirl, the pilot for one hour. For yeah, one hour. Or even do it for like 12 hours just to get yeah. all the time zones or here's, involved. Or be like this. Be like, hey, here's a code. For everybody to use for Supergirl trailer, use on CBS.com where you can stream the pilot once. And after that, that code doesn't work. You can even do it as code. a sweepstakes. You could say, yeah. you know, everybody enter and then a hundred people will get picked or a thousand or whatever to get a, like you said, get a code to watch the pilot and then, you know, say what you think kind of thing. This kind of stuff happens all the time. And people will say, what happens? Well, what happens if somebody torrents it off the site? You think CBS, they're going to torrent well, it? then they go CBS. get them. Yeah, then they go get them. Nobody's going to yeah. do that. Plus, if you did, even if people did and they put it out there anyways, torrented or whatever, after they got the code and everything else, uh, here's the thing. People are still going to watch it when it comes yeah. out because it's six months down the line. And the best you could really watch it on, honestly, is your computer anyway. And I yeah. know the computers have amazing displays. Don't you want to watch it on your 55-inch flat screen in your living room? Of course you do. Now, here's the deal. Going back to your point about um, about the dude bros being upset in the trailer and everything like that. Remember when The Flash got cast? When Grant Gustin got cast, what did everybody say? They cast somebody from Glee to play Barry Allen, and then, and then remember, this, the first picture of the suit leaked from the set, and people were like, that suit looks like shit. So what did they do? They, quote-unquote, leaked the pilot, and everybody freaked out, and the rest is history. The same thing with Supergirl. Again, casting somebody from Glee, who is not your typical blonde that doesn't look exactly like Supergirl from the comics. So what do they do? They leak, quote-unquote, the pilot to generate some buzz. And from what we hear, 
without going into any detail, because we're not about to get busted for revealing stuff from this pilot. Yeah. But from what we've been told, this is everything it should be and more. Yeah. Yeah, we're not going into great detail. Let's just say that Mrs. Benoist does a really good job. Callista Flockhart, we hear, is really good. Yeah, and we do find out that a certain person does exist in this universe uh, yes. through through a secondary character. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot going on uh, from what we hear in this pilot, and again, we're just not going to get into it, but I agree. I think this was absolutely leaked on purpose, and I think it's going to serve its purpose, and I actually think it's going to boost, not hurt the ratings when this show comes out in November, and I threw a theory by you after this happened last week, okay. and I said, I think that they might have leaked this because CBS is worried about other shows on their fall schedule, Yeah, and they might move up the premiere of Supergirl from November until maybe September, even October to, you know, plug another show that might, they think might be failing. So I'm not (coughs) sure that they're completely sold on the pilots they have coming out. So maybe they're thinking, okay, if we leak this now, we can get buzz generated if we have to do it earlier. Well, plus remember too, in the fall arrows coming back, you know, flash is coming back. Gotham's Mm going to be coming back. And so CBS is going to be pretty much for the most part. Actually, I think they are going to be the only sh- network with a new show. Like By new show, I mean not like CW where they have like Legend of Tomorrow and stuff like that because that's actually going to be sh- being that's released. That's a spinoff. It's a spinoff. Yeah. But I, believe, but I believe they said that they're going to release it when Flash and Arrow off air. They're going like, to do what they did with – they're going to do what Marvel did with Agent Carter. Yeah. Which and, is smart. Yeah. So, but CBS is the, is the only network pretty much with a new superhero show like right. this, you know, and, and they're getting into the game. You know, then you have, of course, FX with uh, Titans, which I believe got pushed back, but that's another story in that general. Was T- that was TNT. Or TNT, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's a sense of, hey, these shows already have a huge fan base. Flash, Arrow, even right. if I talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, for people who like that show and stuff like that. We need to, you know, already get some heat for our trailer. We need to get a jump on this. And what happened? Social media blew up. It really did. And all of us, people liked it. A lot of people were saying this is finally what we need and everything else. So that's... You know, in a, in, a thing, in a sense, it benefits, you know, my, like I said, it benefits CBS perfectly. And something that might not be benefiting Fox is the fact that there's a lot of superhero content coming to, to Fox, 20th Century Fox, I should say. And their chief operating officer, James Murdoch, told investors on Monday that the studio needs content. That doesn't come from Marvel or the Thrive. He first said, quote, we don't want to be a place where people say if it's not a comic book movie or something else that I wouldn't even take it to them. So here's a question, James. Now, 20th Century Fox, they also have War of the Planet of the Apes coming out as well. Here's a question I, I give to you is are we getting to that point where certain studios are getting comic book fatigue where, granted, they're making money hand over, over fist. However, do you think that they're getting worried now of the stigma of the only – movies that people are really gushing over really are our comic book stuff. Well, I, I'm going to take two perspectives on this. Uh, first one is you can't blame comic books for having content that people want. You can't blame them for wanting to have this content right now because it's some of the best, better movies that are being made, especially in the action uh, and adventure genre. The second thing is we're getting to the point now especially lately with uh, with the rise of independent publishers and uh, arms of publishing of Marvel and DC, we ha- we're going to have to start separating the term comic book movie from superhero movie because 
you've got superhero movies, which is your Marvel heroes and your DC heroes and the anti-heroes and stuff like that. And then you've got stuff like The Walking Dead and Outcast and uh, Lantern City and Harrow County that we've been reviewing and the uh, Suiciders that you've reviewed in the past. We're getting other comic books aren't just capes anymore. There's a lot of other content in comic books now in a wide variety of stories from a wide variety of universes. So it's getting to the point now where you say comic book and people think superheroes, but you can't do that anymore. Dude, we actually have some breaking news. I'm not bullshitting us. We have some breaking news right now. Andy Serkis' Star Wars uh, character has been released. Who is he going to be playing? All right, who's it going to be? He's going to be playing Supreme Leader Snoke. Oh, I think that that's a familiar name. You think? That's a familiar name. For sure. And this is coming literally from the actual official Star Wars Twitter. See, I love that Star Wars does that. And Vanity Fair. They did a shoot shoot with Vanity Fair. They actually put out the stuff on their site, so there's no ifs, ands, or buts as to exactly where it's coming from. It's like, this is legit. We don't leak stuff, and we don't make it a rumor. This is exactly what we're going to do. We're going to take it from our site, and I think that's awesome. Yeah, so I'm excited to see him play as and portray as. Uh, going back to our, our Fox thing, I think that we're getting to the point where you're 20th Century Fox. You know, you you you're not, people know you're not Marvel Studios. You know what I'm saying? People know, like right. like when you see Marvel Studios, you know what you're getting. You know, Fox, you're getting you know X Men and everything else. That's fine, but it's not your bread and butter. It's not everything else. It's fine. You know. You're making money off of other properties that aren't comic book movies, you know? It's just, I think that to a certain point, once we get to the point where, like, Marvel does, like, phase six or whatever like that, people are going to be really burnt, like, really, really burnt out. people are going to get burnt out, and that's the point. So it's upon the studios to take it upon themselves to have a plan Going forward, once the bubble burst, because the bubble bursts on everything, the the vampire bubble burst on the movie industry where all the vampire movies were doing well, that bubble burst, so we had to do something else. So now it's on them to know, hey, when this bubble bursts, what's the next thing that we're going to go for? And now that everybody's doing a universe for everything... I mean, we've got plenty of stuff you can move on to, so you just have to prepare yourself for that. You gotta That's, that's better business right there. you got to have a plan going forward. Exactly. you got to have a plan going forward, and right now, these comic book movies work. And speaking of moving forward and looking ahead, Marvel, after Secret Wars, they're going to be pushing their comic book storylines eight months into the future after Secret Wars. Now, this, James, you being a DC fanatic, is pretty reminiscent of the one-year-later relaunch of Infinite Crisis in 06. Right, and and honestly, I don't have a problem with them doing this. I think you need some distance uh, when you do a big arc like this. I mean, I know that there's been arcs in the past where they either forget it happened entirely or they pick up right where they left off. Now, I think for for DC, it kind of worked when they did Trinity War into Forever Evil. It was a nice segue. But sometimes when you do an arc like this, Secret Wars, where there's, there's, there's kind of like this finite end. Yeah. You've got to move forward a little bit because sometimes telling the story right after the fact 
links it back too much to that arc. And if you were burnt out by the arc or if you didn't enjoy it, why are you going to want to pick up the books going forward? So I actually think jumping ahead a little bit and, you know, kind of filling in the gaps as you go is, is a pretty good strategy. And the way that Marvel's been throwing darts at the wall with some of their newer properties that they put in for their, for their comics. Yeah. I, I, this doesn't surprise me that they're going to do this. Well, I mean, Tom Breaver, who was, or who is the executive editor for Marvel, he was speaking to Marvel.com and he said he confirmed it. And he pretty much just said, he also reported, this is what makes me happy too, that, uh, well, A Force, the main show. Now, this is one I think comic I'm really looking forward to. Is the, I picked the, it up, yeah. Uh, is uh, the Holland Commandos? Oh yeah, that one's gonna be pretty good. That's be really good. Uh, Weird World will be sticking around after Secret Wars is finished. You know, one comic I'm looking forward to that's coming off of I want to say the Secret Wars is kind of coming off after the death of Deadpool mm-hmm. is uh, Lady Deadpool or Mrs. Deadpool and the Howling Commandos, which is great because it's a monster version of it, which is great. We've heard some rumors too, but we're going to talk about that in a future episode. We've got yeah. some stuff planned for you. We, we've got some other rumors out there, but we're going to actually try to confirm them. And if you were your episode that we'll be announcing here soon. So, I mean, eight months later, it's fine. You got to move things forward. I think, you know, bottom line, they're rebooting the universe. Like, they're rebooting everything. So, they got, it can't be like immediately after Secret Wars and everything it's, else. It's just frustrating because doesn't it feel like Marvel's rebooted three times this year? It does. I mean, as, as a Marvel guy, that's got to kill you. Well, it, what kills me is the lack of a good Hulk comic and the lack of, you know, the forcing of younger characters down our throats in terms of... And they keep going back to, like, they've got pl- a Planet Hulk comic coming. It's like, you keep going back. Yeah. Why aren't we moving forward? I know that going back can be fun. You know, like, redoing Secret Wars, is that's fine. I, have, I didn't have a problem with that. But you keep going back to stuff that was work like old man logan again is coming out yeah and i made a joke the other day at bob's at fantasy escape comics and cards in virginia beach that you know for a dead guy wolverine sure got a lot of books yeah so i well, mean it doesn't, doesn't feel like he's dead well, it's kind of the same thing with deadpool in the sense that you know for a dead guy you know he's got a lot of books that are out right now i know i'm just saying so I, it just feels like i'm just like i want marvel to settle in yeah i want the ripples to stop I just want them to settle into something, even if it's not really working, because I, I have like maybe one non-Star Wars Marvel book in my poll right now. Yeah. I want, I'm waiting for the dust to settle. Yeah. Because I don't want to get into something. You know how frustrating it is when you get into an arc, not a limited series, when you get into an actual arc, and then in five, six issues, it's done. Yeah. Or it's, or it's just garbage, and you're like, screw this, I'm done with this. You want to get a run that you know you're going to enjoy. Like, they're, what they're doing with Star Wars and with Darth Vader, perfect. Love it, keep going. Why can't you apply that to other characters? Yeah, well, and, I, and where's my Vision comic? Yeah, like we said, what we're reading, you know, where's the Vision? Like, we should have a Vision comic. That would be awesome, you know? I would and, pull that immediately. Yeah, and people are like, well, he's in the all-new, all whatever Avengers like yeah no he's kind of I've read the free comic book day issue which is the zero issue and him and Falcon I believe Black Widow too I think she's in it I'm not sure they're more the mentors like that issue is just giving the reins over like Miles Morales and so they're like Xavier School they're like the Xavier School professors to the new X-Men kind of pretty much and I'm just like oh like I would love dude you know what you kind of know like we're big X-Men fans you know what Comic I would love to see. Okay. A fucking Colossus comic. That would be interesting because you wouldn't expect that. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Give us comics. If you're Marvel, if Marvel, if, you're, if you're, anybody there is listening, joke aside, I know we've talked shit about you all the time, but please listen to us. 
give us comics of characters who wouldn't expect to get their own comic. You know, like, for example. Give us a Scarlet Witch comic. Oh, for God's sake, you give us a Howard the Duck comic. At least you can at least do is give us like a Scarlet Witch comic that your wife, I know, definitely would read the shit out of. Yeah, I mean, give us give us different stuff. I mean, if you're going to do this anyway, it's kind of like what DC is doing. DC said, you know what? Screw it. Post-convergence, we're going to give you Dr. Fate. We're yep. going to give you Black Canary. And maybe it doesn't work. They're, okay? giving, us, they're giving us Batmite. <laughs> yeah, and they're giving us Red Hood and Arsenal team up. I mean, it may, and maybe none of them will work, or maybe some of them work and some of them won't, but at least they're going to give it a shot. Exactly. You know, at least, and it's not crap characters. They're actually taking characters and looking and saying, okay, what's been working? Black Canary's worked really well on Arrow. She's got a following. Let's see if we can do a comic and see if that works out. Exactly. Let's see something that works out in terms of rebooting and kind of origin-wise. This kind of broke earlier a couple days ago, actually. Transformers. It's going to be getting pretty much an origin film now. Andrew Bearer and Gabriel Ferrari, who spent pretty much half a year doing a production rewriting Marvel's Ant Man, they again, 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 they again. they have become the latest joint. Of course, the Paramount Pictures writing room for Transformers. Of course, it has Kirkman in it and a bunch of other people as well. Now, Deadline has reported that one of the ideas that's in the works is a working t- has a working title of Transformers One. And it's going to be more or less an origin story that takes place on Cybertron, which we said last week we wanted to see, we should see. Uh, however, there are reports that it might not be live action, that it might be an animated film. Totally okay with that. Totally okay with that. Just give, finally give me what we've been clamoring for since we reviewed the craptastic Age of Extinction Transformers movie. Yes. Take the humans out of the equation... I don't want to see a person in this movie. Not one friggin' soul. I don't want to see them. What I want to see is I want to see, just like the animated series was successful, I want to see Cybertron. I want to see what I saw in the Transformers animated movie that came out in the 80s. I want to see stuff like that because you can make this work without people. The only thing that people are going to bring in is forced humor into these Transformers movies that we don't need. It can still be funny in spots. I'm not saying I don't want it to be funny. It can still be funny in spots on Cybertron. You can make these movies and people are going to go see them. They're going to make a friggin' Spider-Man animated movie. Yeah. Which I think is a great idea. Animated movies are successful and you can put them in the theaters. If the Lego movie taught us nothing, is that people will go see these movies. Oh, exactly. And I, I'm excited for this because, like I said, we talked about this last week. Like, we, when we talked about Kirkman joining the writer's room, we're like, please give us an origin film about Cybertron. Like, you know, there was a game that was pretty much about, based on the war on Cybertron. Like, give us that. Give us the origin story of, like, Optimus Prime or Megatron. Like, dude, a Megatron origin movie that, would be that, fucking amazing. Yes, yes, let's do that. Oh, my God. That would be like. Let's do that. That would be freaking amazing, you know? And I. Honestly, like, I know Michael Bay is directing and he's the head of everything, but now that they got a writer's room, who knows? Maybe the writers will make up for a terrible director. Well, and, and that's just it. Now we're putting the focus on the story and not just blowing stuff up. Yeah. And that's what they've been missing. Yeah. They, they thought, okay, we're just going to make a ton of money and make movies where stuff blows up and there's really cool effects and some of them are really cool, not denying that at all. But they thought, okay, we can just get by on this. Well, now, with all of these comic book movies that are coming through that actually the storylines themselves are good, I think they looked back on Age of Extinction and said, you know what? Look what Marvel's doing. 
Look what DC's gonna do in the future. Yeah. Look what happened with Days of Future Past. You, we cannot just phone it in anymore with effects. That's not going to be enough because it wasn't enough for The Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. We have to have a good, well-written story. So I think that's why Michael Bay decided, you know, they, either the studio told him or he was like, I need to suck it up. I need to make better movies. I can't just blow stuff up anymore. So I'm glad that they're doing this. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm really, really excited for it. Speaking of something we're really excited for, we're going to be taking a trip down memory lane, James, as our main topic involves us going down memory lane once again, talking about some of our favorite cartoons. <laughs> no copyright infringement because I'm humming it. <laughs> That's coming up next on Down and Nerdy. Hi, this is Katrina Law from Arrow, and you are listening to the Down and Nerdy Podcast with James Witham and Nick Battaglia. Well, let me take you back to the mornings we used to get up with your bowl of cereal, sit down Indian style in front of the TV, and just watch those Saturday morning cartoons until your parents woke up. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to take a trip down memory lane today, but waiting to do this for a long time and just talk about not just Saturday morning cartoons, but cartoons in general. That's right. And before we take a trip down memory lane, I do have some uh, fan comments as well. I did post this question on our social media pages Facebook.com slash Down Nerdy, also Down Nerdy 757 on Twitter. I first asked you all, the fans, what are some of your favorite and least favorite cartoons you grew up in and why? We got some uh, responses. Rod said Looney Tunes, Amazing Adventures of Spider Man, Hanna Barbera were great. Gabby says Daria. Phil says I grew up with the Flintstones and Jetsons in the golden age of Hanna Barbera. I never really got into the episodic stuff like Dragon Ball Z. Super Friends and Justice League were some of my favorites. Yeah, I can't really argue with that. I would. I can't believe nobody said Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. Which I think, as far as comic book cartoons go, maybe the best ever. So I, let's, I know it's an arguable point, but... Yeah, so let's do this. Let's, so that way we're not jumping all over the place, James. Let's start off like from our childhood when we first got in there, and let's kind of segment these comics. Like, set, like okay. Let's start off with Hanna-Barbera. Like, what were some of your favorite Hanna-Barbera cartoons growing up? Maybe some of you maybe not, not like at all. Um, I mean, definitely the the Flintstones were in there. Um, we also had. Uh, I mean, I was never really a huge fan of the Jetsons. I liked the Jetsons. I watched them. I know some people are all about the Jetsons. I never really was. Um, I also loved Scooby Doo. Not the you know, um, not the what's new Scooby Doo. Yeah, the but old I liked school the original Sco- Scooby Scooby Doo. Where are you? I loved, and that only ran for like two seasons. Yeah, it was the two or three seasons. So I never really got now. If you fast-forwarded a little bit further from that, when they did uh, A Pup Named Scooby-Doo, that was good. Yeah. I liked A Pup Named Scooby-Doo, too. So. Yeah, it was, it was pretty much Muppet Babies, but Scooby-Doo version. Yeah, exactly. And I, and, I mean, I thought that that was great. So, I mean, I know that you're, you know, you're definitely younger than I am. So where, where do you pick up with the Hanna-Barbera stuff? Oh, my, my – well, first of all, I want to talk about my sister for a little bit. My sister loves Scooby-Doo. Like, you know, she, she – like – a lot of stuff she had growing up with, with Scooby Doo, and it was really, really awesome. So, kind of her love for Scooby Doo kind of got my love for Scooby Doo going. And my first VHS cartoon tape was Batman and Robin meet Scooby Doo in the gang. Nice, I loved those crossover episodes. Too. It, it was, was like it was like when you saw the Batgirl cycle at the beginning of the yeah. Adam West Batman show. You're like, oh, you knew it was going to be a good one. Yeah, like for example, you know, it's with the Penguin and the Joker and everything else, and you know. 
it's it was really that's what kind of got me into the Hanna Barbera. My you know my dad loved like Yogi Bear, so it got me into that stuff. Johnny Quest, I was never really a fan of, and they're really, doing that live action movie now. Yeah, by I way. never I could get into, I could never get a Johnny Quest. Now your take on Jetsons is the reverse of mine. When it comes to Flintstones and Jetsons, I like the Flintstones. I hated when they put the laugh track in later okay, in the season. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll go along with that. Uh, but I like the Jetsons more. Than I like the Flintstones. Really. I yeah, I just I think I mean, the there's future- nothing wrong with that. Well, but- no, but I think the futuristic. I think for two reasons. Uh, I like the Jetsons more than the Flintstones. Number one, I like the futuristic take on it. I love the cars, and I like I love the fact that you know a, a car can transform into a briefcase, and you have to worry about parking yeah, anymore. Yeah, it's also, easy to get swept up in that for sure. Also, probably because growing up, I thought my dad looked a lot like Spacey Sprocket. Nice. You know what? A little bit. A little yeah. bit. Not gonna lie. Now that you now that you say it. Yeah. Now that you say it, I get it. Yeah. It, it's funny because I actually, Yogi Bear was another big one for me. You mentioned that. I, for some reason, I loved Yogi Bear and even the Park Ranger, even though he was like the villain, quote unquote, of the show. Yeah. I loved the Park Ranger. I don't for know people, why. And for people who are like shaking their computers saying, his name's Mr. Spacely. You get it right, goddamn you. Yes, it's Mr. Spacely. That Spacely Sprockets was the name of his company. Well, I mean, let's go to more of like the superhero properties kind right. of, of Hanna-Barbera too. What about Space Ghost? I never really was a fan of Space Ghost. I did like Space Ghost Coast to Coast, the talk show he did. Oh, that yeah, that was pretty funny. I, I was well, actually I watched that just because I loved Space Ghost as a kid. So right. I watched that just because of that. Right. Yes. I mean, I like I said, Space Ghost is one of those guys. Space Ghost is literally one of those properties. I'm as I mean, I'm 26, so as I'm older, I'm starting to try and get into it. I'm trying to find old Space yeah, Ghost stuff to watch a little bit. Yeah. But, I mean, that was good. Like like I said, you know, and when it comes to, like, Cartoon Network and stuff in general, like, uh, when growing up, one of my favorite shows I watched was Cartoon Cartoon because – I don't know if you heard about it, that, James, Cartoon no, Cartoon. No, I, I do remember Cartoon Cartoon. They would show – pretty much, if you really think about it, it was kind of the pilot slash launching pad for a lot of Cartoon Network shows, like Dexter's Lab. They would show mm-hmm. episodes of Dexter's Lab on there, uh, Cartoon Ch- – uh, Cartoon Chicken – Cow and Chicken, they would show on there. You know, a couple other weird stuff as well. Courage, Cowley Dog. Before they got their own shows, they you they showed up on Cartoon Cartoon. Yeah, definitely. And I think that Cartoon Network was one of those things where it was kind of like once Saturday morning cartoons kind of started to fade away. Yeah. People were clamoring for, where are my cartoons? And it's easy for us to say, oh, we love the Looney Tunes. We love Super Friends. Well, I mean, we're not we're trying not to focus so much on that because it's kind of obvious. Yeah. But Cartoon Network was the thing that kind of started to bring everything back. It brought Looney Tunes back. It brought, you know, the Tex Winter stuff uh, back for a younger generation. Too. Tex and Avery us, stuff. Yeah, Tex Avery, I'm sorry. Um, and it was brought it back for a younger generation and for us that were kind of clamoring for it. Now, I kind of wish that they had more stuff like you didn't really see Casper on there. You didn't really see Mighty Mouse on there. Not the older yeah. versions anyway. Well, Those were things well, that I loved. But. Mighty Mouse is coming to Netflix, I believe, so you're excited. Oh, when I saw Inspector Gadget was on Netflix, I'm like, I'm in. Yeah. And it's not – I know it's not the same, but it's close. It's close. <laughs> and my son likes it, so we're going to keep watching it. Yeah, but I mean, like Cartoon Network, like I, you know, since around Cartoon Network, you know, I loved Dexter's Lab, Kyle and Chicken, Johnny Bravo, Courage. You know, Cartoon Network, if you really think about it, that during the afternoons was really like for preteens, like people who were getting older. They had a lot, some more, a little bit more yeah. mature content on there, like Cow and Chicken, you know, mm-hmm. and some of the stuff they had on there. And 
I mean, they still had other stuff like Codename Kids Next Door. Right. And but, stuff like that. Right. But, you know, like Johnny Bravo and some stuff like, like watching some of that stuff now, like, oh, my God. Like, Johnny Bravo like, was kind of like the beginning of Adult Swim. Yes. I think. I think that was their they, – they kind of saw how that was working and they saw that older people were watching it, like you said, preteens and even teenagers. And then they went, huh. Yeah. What if we tried to do this? And then I think that's kind of what made Adult Swim eventually start to happen. Yeah, I mean, going back to some of the Hanna Barbera stuff, like you know, wacky races. You know, I mean that. I mean, Birdman, you know, Attorney at Law. I'll tell you what. When I when I saw, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie. When I saw that Michael Keaton movie wasn't a Birdman movie, yeah, I was a little disappointed. Yeah, you were a little. I, yeah, my heart kind of sank too. I'm like, oh my god, they're making them. Oh, I was so uh, deflated. I mean, I'm sure it was a good movie. I still haven't seen oh, it. Oh, it was really no. It's it's amazing. I mean, it's I will see it eventually. I was just bummed because I I was looking forward to that. Uh, yeah, but I mean, you know, then you know, you know, people probably say like, you know, we mentioned the text Avery stuff. You know, how could you not like Looney Tunes? I, growing up, had an addiction to Taz. I loved Taz. Like Tasmania was my shit. Everybody had their character. I think. Yeah. Everybody had that character that they just loved for my, more than yeah. the rest. For my mom, it was Marvin the Martian. I loved Marvin the Martian. Anytime there was a Bugs Bunny cartoon with Marvin the Martian, or yeah. the ones that I enjoyed the most were the ones where Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck were at odds. Oh, yeah. It was rabbit season, duck season. <laughs> duck season, fire! Kind Boom. of thing. So I always loved that. And, of course, you can't go wrong with Roadrunner and Wile E. Coyote. Yeah. Kind of thing. And I love my one of my favorite cartoon memories is when the Roadrunner, remember when the Roadrunner like becomes a giant Roadrunner and Wile E. Coyote catches him. He grabs his leg, but the Roadrunner's like 50 feet tall. Right. So Wile E. Coyote kind of gives his face and he holds up the sign. He's like, well, you wanted me to catch him. Now what do I do with him? Yeah. Kind of thing. I'm like, I love that. Yes. One thing I was supposed to talk about Roadrunner, like one thing I love is the, the crossover episode they did with Roadrunner and Speedy Gonzalez. Yeah. And yeah, a lot of how, people don't remember that stuff. How Wiley Coyote was chasing them both. And it was, it was really great, man. I mean, you know, it had that, that, you know, that Three Stooges humor to it, you know, where, you know, anvils and things blowing mm-hmm. up. And it was really, really fun. Like, and people that, don't realize that Looney Tunes were actually one of the first cartoons to ever get on HBO. Yeah. They had, like, Daffy Duck's Quackbusters was on HBO all the time. And, you know, you get that VHS out at the right time before, you know, we had guides all over the TVs. You try and get that VHS tape in there quick enough and press record <laughs> so you could get it so you could watch it over and over kind of thing. But that was what that was the power of Looney Tunes. Duck Dodgers then. and the 24th and a half century! century. There's just, you if you don't have a ton of good... Looney Tunes memories from a kid, then I don't know what happened or who hurt you, but or who <laughs> sheltered you. But you've got to like I I went out and bought a whole bunch of the Looney Tunes Golden Collection DVDs oh, yeah. and Blu-rays and stuff oh, just so dude. my son can have it. Dude, when I was in college, in the uh, college library had a DVD, a big DVD room, and I they had pretty much like all the volumes of the Looney Tunes Golden Age stuff. I just got all those at one time. Just went back to my my house I was staying at at the time, and literally just watched all of them. And it was really really great. And you know, speaking of like Looney Tunes, like Tiny Tunes, dude, I love. Oh, I love the hell out of Tiny Tunes. 
And I and it was one of those things where if you think about it today, yeah. if that's one of those things you try to do today because they always, you know, kind of like do reboots or spinoffs of stuff. I bet you if they tried to do that today, a lot of people would go, uh, no. Probably because they reboot Tiny Toons, they probably make like all like teenagers or college. Well, years. what I mean is if if this was an original idea today, like it was back then, right? I think people would be leery of it because so many things like that don't work out. But you didn't think that way back then, and it turned out to be. Awesome, and they actually adapted characters that weren't exactly like the characters that they were based off of. Well, for example, that's I think Tytoons did the best job of any cartoon of bridging the gap and the connect between Looney Tunes fans, like people like you know our age or like my dad's age, you know stuff like that, and young viewers, like new young cartoon people, like hey. Here's mixing in these two worlds who are from the same universe, you know, and and get the best of both of them. And it did smart where they were the professors. And, and like, for example, like, I love Taz, right? Mm-hmm. When I saw Dizzy Devil, I went out and had my mom buy me a Dizzy Devil. That was Devil it for you. Plush. That was, yeah. Yeah, well, plus that, was, had, that was it. Well, plus he had the beanie cop, you know, he had the beanie copter. So I just kept, I love spinning that thing. I, yeah. I, yeah, man. It was, it was a dig like, like. Taz, it was like all my all my clothes were Taz related. I know you're a Redskins fan, but like for some reason, somebody got me like when I was a little kid. Somebody got me a, a Dallas Cowboys sweatpants and, and sweatshirt, and Taz was in the Dallas Cowboys uniform. Well, I'll I'll accept it if that's the case. Well, it was because your love for the character. Well, well, I hated wearing it because it was literally the, the it, most itchiest thing I've ever worn in my life. It was one of those things where you had to wear a shirt under it, and who wants to do that? Oh yeah, dude, it that's was ridiculous. terrible. But like. That was fun, and then you know, getting you know, kind of getting a little bit older, getting to the Disney stuff. Like when I saw Darkwing Duck, like at Walmart, and like season one, I'm like, I'm not gonna buy it now, but I want to wait till it's on Netflix. Like, I totally did. I bought it. You did. I did. I'm sorry, I did. I totally bought it, and I even bought, even though I wasn't that big of a fan of it. Yeah. Pam really loved. My wife really loved Chippendales Rescue Rangers. Yeah. So we got that too. But come on, dude. DuckTales, woo! Well, yeah. Well, we, we reviewed the Uncle Scrooge comic a couple of weeks ago, and it was just, you know, it was, it was love to see this rebirth, you know, and print. That was or, the one for me. Yeah. That was the it, where it was like, I'm all in on this Disney How stuff. much did you dream of actually, like, having a pool full of, like, money, thinking it's going to be soft, and dive in it like Scrooge McDuck? Yeah, that would, in hindsight, that would probably hurt really, really bad. Well, Family Guy did it where, like, Peter actually dove into yeah. the into the pile and like broke all his bones. Like, oh, this hurts. It's not as soft as I've seen in the show. Still, don't you kind of want to do it anyway? <laughs> not really. It sounds. I mean, if it was bills, you'd do it in a, in a second. Oh yeah. Oh, you know, like how in those trampoline parks, they have those styrofoam blocks that you oh, fall into all the time, dude. It'd all be, the time. Mo- but it'd be money and it'd fly up into the air. Oh, it'd be, oh, it'd be so fantastic. So when down and nerdy hits it big, what we're going to do is we're going to take all the money we've made. Yeah. We're going to stick it in a giant pool and we're just going to jump in it. Yeah. We're, yeah, pretty much. It's going to, we're going to periscope it too. Oh, but, that's going to be awesome. But I mean, like, you know, this is like, like rescue rangers was good. A show I loved, like I really, 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 really want. I know a lot of episodes. We think all the episodes actually, I think on YouTube. Uh, Gargoyles, man. Yeah, you've talked at length about being a big. Oh my god, guy. dude! Gargoyles. Ah, uh, like my well, my friend and I growing up, we he we loved gargoyles. Like it was really, really awesome. And what was great was like he had. The like gargoyles like board game and like we were just playing it like every day or every other day we'd play it. It was oh my god, Goliath rules, man. He freaking rules. It's an awesome concept too, you know. 
It's funny because I feel like that that's one of those that kind of like had a cult following. Yeah. And I think that it, just like GoBots, you know, the bastard version of the Transformers. Well, I loved GoBots, but it had not everybody did. And it had a cult following and I yeah. just loved it for some reason. And here's a Disney show we haven't mentioned yet. Bonkers. I never got into Bonkers. Really? A lot of my friends liked it, but I never got into it. And like Bonkers and he had, and he had Tailspin. Tailspin was awesome. Tailspin was, I was hit or miss on that. Really? Yeah, I just wasn't a fan of Tailspin. Who, who touched you as a child? I don't know. I was just so into DuckTales, I didn't care. Oh. <laughs> I didn't care. Once DuckTales was over, I was like, click, what else is on? Yeah, right. Well, you know, and then, you know, the the Ninja Turtles cartoons started coming out at that point. Yeah. You know, the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoons, which are still the best Ninja Turtles cartoons out there. I mean, it just, it doesn't go better. It doesn't get better than that. The new ones, I know people love them. I'm not a fan of the animation but, style. I'm but, not a fan. And that's another thing that we need to talk about. The, how animation styles have changed over the years. And yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I'm not a fan. No. What was wrong with the way we were doing it before? Um, I think it was because, you know, a lot of stuff is 3D technology now. We talked about a little bit about this too on an earlier show, but it's less time-consuming. But the thing is, I think there's more... I think with, with hand-drawn animation you're allowing people to really showcase their stuff. Whereas, you know, you're, you're giving, you know, animators names, you know, like, whereas with 3D art, it's a bunch of people sitting behind a computer or per call people sitting behind a computer or one person right. or whatever. But it's like, uh, like, But think about the cartoons now that still haven't made the switch. The Simpsons, which is going to be going into its 29th oh, yeah. season. Family Guy, um, American, American Dad. I mean, all kinds of stuff like that. I think Simpsons going to like his twenty sixth season. Oh, uh, maybe it was. Maybe they were just renewed for the twenty eighth and twenty ninth season. Something yeah, like that. Yeah, something well, like that. And, anyways, anyways, it's, it's getting no, to that no, point. Simpsons is one of those things where, like, you know, you and watch they won't it. change. Well, no, well, they kind of did. You watch season one; it's a lot more. You know, you get to the newer versions. Even right, but the they're not going to the three D animation no. style that. Well, there was. Like, you watch Garfield now and tell yeah. me how you feel. Well, no, well, like there was that one Treehouse of Horror episode where Homer Simpson does become a three D character. Which yeah, and that's funny. and that's different. I'm cool with that. Yeah, but no, like that uh, MTV dude had some great, like like you know, Gabby mentioned Daria. I loved Daria. You know, Beavis and Butthead. I love Beavis and Butthead. You know what's funny is I wanted to not like it. Yeah, I couldn't not watch it. Oh yeah, it was so great, dude. I have all the see. I have the you know the the collections they have on DVD. I have like I have the first one. I gotta get the other ones. But it was so great, like, you know, the death of Beavis and Butthead and everything else. It was so great. And that spawned King of the Hill for everybody yeah. loves King of the Hill. I love King of the Hill. Dude, I live in California, man. All my roommate and I did was watch King of the Hill episodes. Like, we just marathoned from season one all the way to the end, and it was great. People it forget that that was a spinoff yeah. of Beavis, Beavis and Butthead. Like, if you watch Beavis and Butthead do America, that's where kind of King of the Hill really yeah. finally came out. So. My- Think I about remember, that. I remember when Beavis and Head Do America came out uh, in theaters, and I forgot how old I was, but uh, my mom asked, she goes, Nicholas, she goes, she goes, I want to go see a movie. Let's go see a movie. What do you want to go see? I'm like, Beavis and Head Do America, and she took me to see Beavis and Head Do America. And I was oh, like, what a ele- good mom. And I was like 11 or 12 years old at the time, man, but it, it was great. It was awesome. My mom, did, my mom bought me a shirt. I, I remember. <laughs> I was in elementary school, okay? I was like in fourth or fifth grade. And she bought me a Beavis and Butthead shirt. 
And on the shirt, they're in baseball uniforms. And Butthead said, hey, Beavis, you think you'll get to second base this time? Nice. And it was a, the, you know, the adult kind of hidden humor. And I remember being in basketball, I played basketball at the time, being in basketball practice at my elementary school, which was a Catholic elementary school, wearing that shirt, and nobody said a thing about oh, it. Oh, headmaster kind of missed that one, didn't they? Well, they were run oh. by nuns, so. Well, here's the deal, though. People don't, a lot of people might forget how controversial these Simpsons t-shirts with Bart Simpson were when they first came out. First of all, oh, they yeah. were impossible to find. Eat my shorts. I had ones that eat my shorts on it. Well, they had other ones that said, yeah, I'm Bart Simpson. Who the hell are you? And it was the, you know, questionable language at the time that was on the shirts that, you know, kids wanted to wear these shirts, but if you wore it to school, you'd get in trouble because it had a cuss word on it. So, you know, everybody wanted these shirts. Yeah. But nobody – and you warmed to school anyway and you got in trouble kind of thing. But they were impossible to find. Exactly. I mean, you know, when it came to like Mario like – I wear like a Super Mario shirt, man. I wore that. I literally wore the Super Mario shirt I had in elementary school to the day where it literally couldn't fit. Like literally like the bottom of the shirt came up I know. To above my waist. I was the same way. And I don't care what anybody says, how bad you think it was. I would still watch the hell out of that Super Mario. Uh, I think it's a piece of crap. I'm I, sorry. I, I just, it was. It I was tried, just, dude. It was. It was. It was one of those things where it was just. It was campy, yeah. and I. I didn't care. I just didn't care. Yeah. Um. But I mean, you know, that and it's just. I mean, there's a lot of cartoons out there. Like, like you know, Nickelodeon. Such on that now. Like, you know, growing up, I you know, Red Stimpy, Rugrats, Kablam, you know, all the you know, Hey Arnold, Doug. Nickelodeon in the 90s, I don't care what anybody says. I don't care when I have kids what they say or when your son gets older starts talking and actually puts sentences together what he says. 90s Nickelodeon was, from at least I think for all ch- childhood in that time, the number one best thing in childhood on TV was 90s Nickelodeon. If, if you were a child of the 90s, that's that's definitely true. I mean, I had cousins that watched all the cartoons on Nickelodeon religiously. Now, you keep in mind, I'm 10 years ahead of you, so for me, it was still more of the Hanna-Barbera stuff. Yeah, you're growing up. And the Filmation cartoons that uh, DC actually had out, which were almost like stop-motion kind of cartoons, where if you look back on them now, they're awful. But I watched the hell out of all of them, and I loved them at the time. Yeah, you were growing up with, like, the uh, Hong Kong fooies and stuff like that. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, uh, um, um, yeah, exactly. A lot of the Hanna-Barbera stuff and a lot of the uh, Warner Brothers stuff from back in the day. So that's the kind of stuff that I – and like I said, Casper and, and yeah. uh, Mighty Mouse and stuff like that. That was me. And Transformers was brand new for me, don't forget. Yeah. I got to see Transformers brand new and I'm sitting in front of a TV with rabbit ears on it trying to keep it in color kind of thing. Well, like, hey, Arnold, like, I was watching – I remember this in my grandma's house when Harold Star like first came on the air – and, you know, I mean, you got Spongebob in there as well, but Hey Arnold was, like, the first show when I heard Helga Pataki say crap, I'm like, oh, my God. It's suddenly okay now. It's, exactly. I'm like, <laughs> it's okay. I can say it. No, I can't. <laughs> you know, but. My mother will beat me if I say it. Yeah. Can't do it. Go can't sit in the corner, it. Nicholas. But, I mean, like, Doug was great, you know. I mean, it was, I mean. My friends and I in high school, dude, all we would do is literally walk around high, our high school and just start singing songs from the beats. Like, also, I would just walk around the thing. I'd say to my friend at the time, Joe, I'd be like, Ooh-wee, you kill a tofu. We don't <laughs> need, we need more allowance. 
you know, which of course were a takeoff on the Beatles, you know. Right. And, and, but it was just, I loved it. You know, I well, really. Look, think about how many Quail Man cosplays we saw at oh Tidewater Comic Con. Yes. It wasn't just uh, Mr. Bellavo there that, that was putting it on. There. We saw a couple. Bellavo. We saw a couple. So, I mean, even today, people are still loving the Doug. Yeah, <laughs> they're loving the Doug. Hell yeah, dude. I mean, it's it's so great. Like, you know, my friend was a big fan of Ren and Stimpy. I love Ren and Stimpy. You know, Sal Powder, Powder Toast Man. Weren't they supposed to bring that back? What happened to that? Uh, I think they brought it back. No, I did. I think they brought it back. I believe they brought it back for like a season or two. It didn't just work. Just didn't work it just out. didn't work out, yeah. Uh, but that's what happens with cartoons, man. You know, they, they have a run and they try Like with New Beavis and Butthead. They brought back Beavis and Butthead instead of, you know, making fun of music videos. They made fun of, like, Jersey Shore and everything else, but it just – it didn't have the same spark, you know what I'm saying, right. it, as the old stuff did. And let's not miss out on some claymation stuff, dude. Celebrity Deathmatch. Oh, Celebrity Deathmatch was like – I was – I mean, they were so big. Yeah. That, I mean, they, they did a – you could flip over if you didn't want to watch the Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah. They actually had a Celebrity Deathmatch alternative – that you could watch on MTV, so I remember that. And, it, dude, some of the stuff that they did on there yeah, was just hilarious. Dude, Marilyn Manson versus Charles Manson, Beastie Boys versus the Backstreet Boys. I believe they're bringing it back, too. That would be great. Like, they brought it back once. That. I know they brought it back once. But I think they're actually, seriously, I think there are talks about bringing it back, like, for serious, like, seriously this time. And, I mean, I know that we say, you know, we're always bringing stuff back. We can't do anything original. That's one thing I would want back because the stuff that they could do now. Yeah. Like uh, like uh, Mitt Romney versus John McCain or something. Yeah. That would be really funny. If you could, you know, you make fun of stuff that's going on in current events, and Lord knows there's plenty to make fun of yeah. nowadays. Well, so speak- to be able to do that, you know. Well, speaking of current events, one should we haven't mentioned yet. I was kind of shocked we haven't mentioned it, South Park, dude. Yeah, South Park was the... Was the dirty little secret that you watched? I mean, it was the first cartoon that actually had legit swearing on it. Really. Yeah, I mean, hardcore well, not stuff. To mention, not to mention, people forget the first episode. This is the only episode to have done this. The first episode, the characters, everything, all the sets were made literally on construction paper. And you could tell if you go back and watch it, the non-remastered version. Yeah, you could completely tell. And the fact that they were able to put that together, and it was uh, Cartman gets an anal probe. Yeah, was the very first episode. And there's so many stuff to remember from that, like uh, kick the baby, don't no, kick, kick the, the baby. And then of course you've got um, oh my god, they killed Kenny, you, you bastards! bastards! And then Stan throwing up in Wendy's mouth every time that that he tried to kiss her or something like that. Yeah, or she was saying love or whatever. He was blah. So many, so many things just from that first episode. Now I remember there was a a screensaver uh-huh. that America Online put out. Oh, that wow. you could get. Yeah, this is bad. way back in the day. Of, you used to have to dial up, kids. So they had a screensaver of you put Kenny in the microwave uh-huh. and hit and hit start, and the screensaver oh, was yeah! Kenny cooking in the microwave. I, I had that, dude. <laughs> I just I had that. You you know how you could if you were in chat rooms in AOL, you could yeah. just play drops. Yeah. I had the drops from all the episodes of South Park that I would just play throughout chat rooms. And I stuff remember. Like that. I remember. You know, because you know, Chef was on there. He was, you know, it was played by Isaac Hayes. So I mean, you know, he had the, him singing on there, and his oh, famous song, famous song, "Chocolate Salty Balls." I remember walking through my friend's house, and my friend had this at the time. He was my neighbor. He had this grandmother who was, oh my god, was she strict, dude? Like, oh my, god. I've never seen grandparents make a kid cry like her. Wow. 
And he's walking around the house going, hey, Grandma, chocolate salted balls. And she's, like, <laughs> and she, and she's all pissed. She's smoking a cigarette. She's like, I don't want to hear about balls. <laughs> that was a great chain-smoking grandma you just did. Thank you. <laughs> Man, she wrote on my stories. You better fucking talk to her. And, um, that's, why, that's what happens when you grow up in New York, kids. Yes. That's what happens. That's the kind of stuff that you experience. Yeah, man. But, I mean, you know, cartoons over in general, like we talked about, you know, the animation styles and how it's evolved and everything else. And, you know, getting older and looking at, like, Cartoon Network now, there's just a lot of cartoons I just don't like, man. I just can't get into them. I mean, you got SpongeBob and that's been on. And there comes a point, I think, where certain cartoons need to end. Like, Simpsons, a lot. I think Simpsons that died. That one needs to go. And I love The Simpsons. Yeah. It, it, it should have ended with the movie. 20th think, season should have been it. Yeah. Yeah. Should have ended at 20. I will say that right now, for me, there are two that are actually pretty good. Yeah. The first one's Fairly Odd Parents, which my wife got me into. She loves. Yeah. There's a lot of adult humor in oh, there. Oh, yes. A lot of adult humor. You have to pay attention. There's an episode where they take Timmy's emotions away, uh-huh. which my wife thinks is how they got the idea for that Inside Out movie that Pixar is getting ready to put out. Yeah. It's hilarious. The other show that's actually better than you'd think is Teen Titans Go. I I remember being at uh, Cody's house um, when we went to he, meet he, I, and a friend Josh of ours went to go to Bush Gardens. And it was during a uh, school day. For, you know, he's, he's got kids. So pretty much every morning when they wake up, they watch Teen Titans Go before they go to the bus. They have this one episode where they all become vegetarians. Oh, God. And they think it's a great thing. It's hilarious. It's really funny. They make a giant carrot eat a steak or something like that at the end. <laughs> and the giant carrot turns into a carnivore. So it's it's really funny. It's not always funny, and yes, it can be annoying, but it's not for us. Yeah, it's for you know little kids with shorter attention spans. Like my son loves it. He laughs at it. He keeps his attention because it's so you know, pardon of you know for lack of a better term, go go go. Really quickly before we wrap, what is like. Two or three cartoons, other kind of planet that you don't like. It's hard because I kind of block them out. Yeah. Of my of my mental. Uh, th- I did not like Doug. Yeah. I didn't. I know so many people did, and people are going, "You got to be kidding me!" I just I didn't dig it. I did not dig it. Um, there was actually a couple on Nickelodeon that I didn't like. Um, but going back to the Disney stuff, yeah, Tailspin was another. That I just didn't get into. I know I mentioned that earlier, but it's it almost seemed like everything. Yeah. From back in the day, I loved almost everything. Yeah, like for me, like I didn't like Johnny Quest. I just couldn't get into Johnny Quest. Um, and I wasn't a huge fan of that either. I did. I one thing I forgot to mention. I don't want to go without uh, mentioning is Richie Rich. I love the hell out of Richie Rich. Yes, I never really watched Richie Rich. So I can't say if I liked well, it or not. Again, generational thing. Generational thing. Um, for me, like Nickelodeon, I liked mostly everything Nickelodeon put out. As far as cartoons, like Rocket Power, I loved and everything else. Uh, like, I was just trying to think of my, the Rolex of my mind of like Smurfs. What, I didn't like the Smurfs. Yeah, okay, wasn't Smurfs. A fan. Smurfs, I didn't like. I, 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 that's one. I didn't really wasn't a fan of Smurfs, and I'm not gonna lie, because it was a total rip of Smurfs. Snorks. Yeah, I started watching that. And I thought, because I was really big into, like, I wanted to be a marine biologist when I grew up, when I was younger. So <laughs> anything that took place underwater, I watched. But, yeah, that kind of went by the wayside pretty quick. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, overall, cartoons growing up, I mean, that's what's great now. 
uh, is that we can go back like to YouTube or go to a store and find the DVDs of them and just buy them and relive our childhood. The sad so, thing is, though, is that's how you have to seek it out. I know, and it's sad that like you know there isn't a like Cartoon Network classic channel or I mean it was well, Boomerang, but you gotta like. Well, Boomerang's even starting to turn now. Boomerang's it, are like they're putting the new Garfield on there. So oh they're all, no! They're not showing Garfield and Friends. They've got the new Garfield on there. They've got so a lot of the newer stuff. So I mean, they still show Looney Tunes and they still show Scooby Doo, but it's like at four o'clock in the morning. So Boomerang is becoming Nick at Night. Like when I was a little kid, Nick yes. at Night was was the black and white. You know, the Honeymooners. I love Lucy, Gil, yes. you know, Gilligan's Island, stuff like that. Now it's like. The George Lopez show. Friends, and everybody Friends. loves Raymond. Yeah. Like that. It's like, no. It's like, I don't want to. And then they, and then they when they stopped doing that with Nick at Night, they did TV Land. And now TV Land's starting to show original programming and new stuff. I'm like, what, what are yeah. you doing? Yeah, why? Why are just, we doing this? Just, so I, I'm counting on places like Netflix yeah. and Hulu and stuff like that. Give us the option. Because if you give us the option, look out. And speaking of options, that's, we're actually going to take the option and close this week's episode of Down Nerdy Podcast. So thank you all for listening. Don't forget, there are a variety of options you can do to pretty much contact us on social media. Of course, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash downnerdy. Also on Twitter, at downnerdy757. Don't forget, we also have our Amazon store as well, powered by Amazon. So thanks to those guys there, and we're working on that as well. But it is up and running, so you can order stuff as you want. We actually have something going up as well later today from Amazon. And also, James, there are some also some other ways you can reach us as well. Like I said, we're on Twitter, downer757. I'm on Twitter, at Merc with one arm. Go, James. I'm at James Ace with them. And, of course, you can email us, downandnerdypodcast at gmail.com. We still have the line. You can call in your fan questions. You can actually call. It's a voice message system. You won't have to talk to anybody or anything. If you're freaked out that you're going to get in a little combative discussion with us, just leave your fan questions. It's area code 757 512 8229. You can leave it as a voice message, and when we do our fan questions episode, we'll actually play your question on the show. Exactly. So you get some airtime. You say, hey, look, I was on the podcast. That's right. Uh, but yeah, that's going to do it again. Thanks to you know to Bob over at Fantasy Escape Comics and Cards, everything he does for us and in the show. And you know what? Hey, I'm going to leave you with the same advice I give you every week, folks. Press safe comic book reading nerds. Always bag and board your comics. <laughs>